Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. New York strip steak. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs. With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to the BasketBuds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Harper. Light crew, but a strong crew today. I got Mo Dakiel, I got Dave DeFore, that coward Jay King, no idea where he is. Javon no Edwards King's Minute. <laughs> Javon Edwards has a legitimate reason for not being here, but that coward Jay King, absolutely no reason for not being here. It's almost like he's flopped out of the podcast. Hey, there's a transition to start things off. <laughs> Guys! We've got a lot to discuss. The Sixers have life and the Suns have life. And I don't know, the Warriors might be in trouble and the Knicks. Uh, I don't know. You're going to be this Jimmy Butler thing, which I told everybody about. But I guess uh, we're all just finding out for ourselves for the first time. But none of that matters because Nikola Jokic pushed Matt Ishbia, newly minted owner of the Phoenix Suns. Matt Ishbia flopped into a different realm. And now we have the conversation. Should Nikola Jokic be suspended for game five? Uh, no, he shouldn't. First off, he should he should not be suspended. The technical foul I thought was fine. Um, I think I think it's fine to do that, regardless of what Ishbia did. You you're Jokic, like you, you can't push somebody. Like you just you can't fan, no fan. Like Jokic's Jokic's explanation of like, well, he put his hand on me. I saw that. At, like when I, I watched that replay, I was like, really? I missed that the first time. Like I saw Jokic's press conference, I missed that. And I look and it's like a split second before Jokic like moves his elbow and like chicken wings him that Ishbia's hand slight, just barely grazes the side of Jokic. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I mean, that guy really can't see three or four plays ahead. Like this guy's incredible with that kind of stuff. Um, but he gives him a little chicken wing. Now, I think it's worth noting Jokic is a very strong man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> moving. He's moving Jock Landell and DeAndre Ayton around like like Michael Orr moved that that shitty kid in the blind side who was talking all that <laughs> shit to him. Like he's just moving him wherever he wants, right? Like it it's so Jokic with a civilian, even if it's a billionaire civilian, I believe that he could have tossed him out of the arena with that elbow if he wanted to, right? And also Matt Ishbia, when he was playing at Michigan State. He was listed at 5'10, 175, right? Let's add, I don't know, I'll be generous here, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, like whatever. Like it's been 20 years since he played. He still looks like he's in solid shape for a billionaire, but he's, you know, he's he's at a little weight. So let's put him at let's put it at 205, 210. He's still going to toss a person of that size wherever he wants to. At the same time, Matt Ishbia absolutely knew what he was doing by grabbing the ball yes. and, and delaying it. He absolutely instigated a good chunk of that. And he absolutely flopped Mo like absolutely flopped in a brilliant way where he safely lands in his chair. The arms go flailing. I think they're both in the wrong here. I think Jokic should not have done that. You have to know better. Even in that moment, I think we're seeing a little bit of something we don't like to talk about with Jokic. He's a hothead. He's someone who loses his cool and gets physical at times, but at the same time, he barely got physical with with Ishmia. Matt Ishmia went on. I mean, it wasn't Marcus Smart levels of flopping, but it was pretty close. Like if if Tyrese Maxey does that yesterday, that three pointer by Jason Tatum gets wiped away on that push off. But it it's only not Marcus Smart levels because he wasn't actually on the court. That's the only reason right. why. Right, if right. he was on the court, would be like, oh, it's Marcus Smart. It's actually yeah. so bad that this should be the movement to bring back the fines for flopping. Like, that's it now. Bring the fines back, yeah. everything like that. He should get fined for the flop. Absolutely. You know, all, all of that uh, stuff with it. It was the 
dumbest play, Zach. It was. I love so, it. I was I'm so glad it overshadowed a 53 point effort and Booker <laughs> and Katie going for about. 70. Like it's we, we just, had the oh most amazing God. third quarter of basketball. So Honestly, good. the yeah. shot making was unbelievable. We're starting this. Every show is starting with Adishbe and Nikola Jokic getting yeah. into it. It's like. Come on! It's such a dumb fucking play. I was. It never I occurred was, to me that Jokic even might be suspended. I that's that was my thing. It was like well, if this was all so silly that they, it just it was like why would he be suspended? Yeah, Dave. The, the announcers the announcers asked the question. I think at some point in the third quarter, and then yeah. Kevin O'Connor, um, po- like posted a screenshot of the rules where it says if a player goes into the stands for any any reason other than continuing a basketball play, then they can be suspended for a game. He's going in there literally to, to continue basketball. So right. I don't like the idea that he would be suspended based on the rule book is stupid. Now he does push somebody. Yeah. Um, but I think the fact, like, I think if he had pushed him and he legitimately falls that way, then I think it's like, okay, maybe it's clear right. that Matt Ashby flop there. Yeah. It is yeah. absolutely clear. But Dave, like it does to most point, it does overshadow what in the third quarter, I was li- I was just sitting there while I'm giggling. I'm just giggling to myself, electric. like how ridiculous the shot making was on all sides of the floor. Well, Devin Booker is like the greatest shooter on the planet right now. Oh my the, god! Can't the miss. last two games for this guy: twenty yeah. of twenty-five and then fourteen of eighteen. Um, yeah. And these are tough, contested mid-rangers. This is yeah. It's it's at the basket. He's he's hit a few threes in there, but also has nineteen assists. Um, yeah. He's absolutely cooking the Denver Nuggets, and, and he's so cooking Catavius Caldwell Pope, who's one of the defender. best defenders in the league. Like the thing about that third he's quarter, making it was, look like us. Like, it was all good defense. That was, was the thing. Yeah, both teams scored 31, 35 points in that quarter, and I was like, "This was still a good defensive quarter." I just yeah. made shots. Like, what could you the, do? The the Suns are defending the hell out of Jokic. It just doesn't matter because he's he's off balance, off the wrong foot, just tossing a one handed runner, and it just goes in easily. The softest <laughs> touch. The and one on Booker at the free throw line where he oh just kind of was just like, uh, "Okay, get it yeah. up." And yeah. I'm like, "Whoa! Like, what are we doing?" Oh man, it's just so insane. I thought bu- Kevin Kevin Durant was talking about it after the game. He was talking about Jokic and just how it doesn't he doesn't it doesn't matter what body position he's at. Doesn't, he's gonna no. get a good t- he has amazing touch. He's yeah. so unconventional. Like the idea that Aiton is struggling to guard him. Yeah, of course. Everyone <laughs> struggles <laughs> to guard him. Like, what the Go put go put nineteen ninety four Hakeem Elijah one in there. You're gonna struggle to guard him right now. Like dude, shit, you, you can't do anything with him right now. You yeah, just can't. Amazing. Like it's it's an interesting strategy where it it worked until well I don't know if it worked. I mean I guess they won the game so it ended up working. But I you know we had discussed this of should you just let like try to make Jokic a, a scorer and take yeah. away the passing and they did that for the first three quarters and he scored a shitload of points and then in the fourth quarter. They went to, you know, more of like, he. I think he he had like five assists, especially late in the game. And I actually thought it was a bit of a mistake by Jokic. It, they're probably correct basketball plays, but there's a there's a point where I thought like, man, you you got to go and you just got to go score. You know, he's trying to get Gordon the ball. He's trying to get Murray the ball. And it worked on a couple of plays. But I, I thought in those moments, like, man, I, I think he needs to he needs to just go. I think it actually cost him game three with him not doing that like we need to go there was a lot of murray possessions in game three in the fourth quarter where i felt like yo you just get the ball to Jokic, man you have this unbelievable dude who's just literally torching the suns and you know they can't guard him and like you guys all said nobody can in that instance and i just felt like that lack of aggression in game three cost him and it nearly pulled it off in game four where Jokic was so aggressive and even then still a little bit trying to feed everybody i think that's one of the problems well i went back and i watched the fourth quarter again and i actually think that their strategy worked a little bit right Jokic was absolutely gassed down the stretch and and not in a way like the missed layup that was good defense i thought by tj warren but he that's i think Jokic normally at least gets that a little bit closer to the basket it's a little bit easier of a shot for him he was coming up a little like front rim on some of those floaters they were still going in but like he was just it was just a little bit diminished by the time you get to the fourth quarter and so this was a game where when he's at his best it's 30 it's 15 it's it's 20 rebounds right like it's not 53 that's right. that's a huge workload 
You're muted, uh, Zach. He still he still had 11 assists. Like he created, I mean, I know. He, he created 78 points in this game. He walks in, he, he walks into like eight assists and Michael Porter Jr. Up. missed missed open shots. Yeah. Aaron oh, God, Gordon been missed so open much shots. Yeah. KCP missed like four wide open threes in this game that, that he normally would stick. Yeah. And, and it's just stuff like that. And we were, you know, Mo, we were talking last night on the Daily Ding. 29 threes for the Suns, 22 threes for the Nuggets, and the final score was 129 to 124. The pace in this game is crazy. Yeah. Well, I think that's the interesting thing is the Suns have have life in this. It, you know, when Chris Paul went down, not that Chris Paul was playing great basketball, but it was it's just like, man, they don't have anybody, right? Yeah, they were already to, shorthanded. Yeah, to Cameron, to Cameron Payne's credit, and obviously, like you if you're Denver, you can't you can't expect Landry Shamit to have 17 or 19 points in a game, right? You just can't like he was, he hit shots and like they made the right plays and leaving him and forcing him to beat them. And I wouldn't say he beat them, but he helped Devin Booker beat them. He helped right. Kevin Durant <laughs> beat them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the one thing that I'll get like give campaign credit for is the pace that they're playing with without Chris Paul is so beneficial to, like you guys said, like getting Jokic tired, right? Like getting, like getting Jokic moving, and I don't. I mean, it's hard to say when guys fifty three and eleven, <laughs> he creates seventy eight points, and it could have been a lot more if his teammates hit shots. It's hard to say that, like, oh yeah, you wore him down, but maybe just enough to get out on the other end of this. And I, you know, I was joking after game two. I was like, well, I mean, unless Booker and KD combine for eighty points every game, you know, they they don't have a shot. And then they combine for eighty six in game three, and then this was I don't know seventy two. But also, you get the Landry Shamit. You know, points it's, and minutes. Well, this is a big uh, three for Phoenix, you know. Yeah, but I, I mean, <laughs> big three, as we all knew. Landry Shamit is number one. Devin Booker, number that's two. That's right. Durant, number three. Yeah. And they gave Shamit the contract as soon as they traded they for did, him. They yeah. did, They knew. They knew. Yeah, they had the um, vision. I think the, We've the, all been saying Landry Shamit's going to win him a playoff game. Oh, my we, God, That's what yeah. we've been saying I had a money laundering uh, comment <laughs> yeah. last night. Like, it was, you know. But the, the Chris Paul thing being out is... It's exactly what you said, Zach. They've sped up the pace the whole yeah. way through. Game three, game four, they're playing faster. They're trying to get they're trying to get buckets before the Denver Nuggets can set their defense. Because I think that's really the other issue for them, right? Because now when they have to go up against the half court defense, it, it it should be easy defensively in the sense of like send two guys to Kevin Durant, send two guys to uh Devin Booker. Don't leave the other one to go send two guys, which is what the Nuggets were doing a bunch. They were yeah. leaving Booker or oh KD. Oh, my God. They left KD on that wide open. Th- I'm like, don't, what are you literally do- anybody else. Like, anybody honestly, else KD. honestly, Josh Okogie's on the floor. What yes. are we doing? <laughs> right. Yes. Like, why are you leaving KD? I mean, they did it all game long, and I think just that thought was stupid that that process didn't make a lot of sense for me in the half court defense but i think that's part of the reason why the suns are trying to play faster we don't want to play the half court defense and 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 give them those opportunities in that sense and i think it's paid off so far in these two games and we'll find out dave I mean, Deez- just hasn't started yet that's it has not started because <laughs> no true. one's won on the road um dave do you think do you think it will start do you think this this series will start like can can phoenix keep this going in denver I don't I, I mean I'm not gonna say no because what I'm Devin not, Booker I, I am Devin Booker and Kevin Durant Ke, uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker I think they've got three more games of this I do uh, yeah. against this defense I think yeah. they do because they clearly they've got it like after four games this is who they are yeah. It's Landry Shamit on the road. It's TJ Warren on the road. Um, you know, it, it's, it's Ken, Aaron Gordon at home, right? Aaron Gordon at home. Yeah. MPJ at home. Who, by the yeah. way, his defense has been good. Um, but yeah, he's actually offense, yeah, he's been impressive. Yeah, the offense has just not been there. Um, you know, people hammering MPJ saying get him out of the game. I, I think that his size and rebounding actually has been important for them. Um, yeah. You know, the the Jacques Londale move, uh, bringing him in for Aiton, it goes well because. Uh, it also coincides with Booker and Durant going off. But yeah. does that continue uh, when you move to Denver? I, I don't know. I think this series is just going to go seven based purely on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker being like motherfuckers. Yeah. Seven game series that never starts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, classic. <laughs> I mean, we love those. Uh, Mo, what do you, what do you think is going to happen this series? Uh, 
I have no idea, Zach. Like this, so, this shit's so wild. Like there's no way to predict this stuff. Like I yeah. thought they were cooked. I'm gonna be honest. I thought. The oh Suns my were- god! I thought they were. I thought they were gonna get swept after yeah, game two. I, I was like, they're getting swept. Like there's no way. Injured Chris Paul. Like, and it wasn't because I thought Chris was so good. It's like you said earlier. They just ran out of bodies. I'm like, yeah. Cameron Payne has to start. Monty Williams is like, oh yeah, I guess I gotta put T.J. Warren, Terrence Ross the rotation. I'm like, what year is it? Like, what? Is, what are you talking like, about? It's just like I kind of every now. It's so weird. To be in the second round of the playoffs and trying to figure out who who is what number again, like you know, like wait, what? Dude, Mo, they had they had forty bench points in game four. They had fifty total in the first three games. Yeah, it's just like so. It's so, and and we know the the role players play better at home. We know when you sure. go to Denver, the 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 all the same cliches. You can't run as much because you're tired or whatever, because the altitude and all that stuff. I I just don't know if Devin Booker is ever going to cool off. Like, I don't know if that's going to no. make a difference. I mean, he's shooting it a ridiculous way. Whether they win this series or not, he's been the best player in the playoffs. Apologies to Jimmy Butler, but I really think he might have been the might be the best player in the playoffs in, in what we've seen so far. So it's like, man, can he will you a, another game in this sense? I got no feel for this because it's just so weird. Like, there's no reason the Suns should have won both of these games. I, I think Nuggets there's- have the better team. There's yeah. a certain point where you worry about the wheels falling off for Booker, uh, for Booker and for Durant. They've been Absolutely, playing 40-plus yeah. minutes a night every single game since the playoffs started with no margin for error. Even when Chris Paul was out there, because Chris Paul wasn't really doing as much you know, as we want Chris Paul to do. you know, um, But he was a guy who got their offense set up. But they still had to play 44, 42, 43 minutes a night throughout the playoffs. So is it this round that we start to see the – you know, the, the returns diminished or do they make it to the conference finals? I don't know. I can't, they're, I cannot go against these guys. They're, one, they're, they're conditioned. <laughs> they're, well, conditioned now. <laughs> they're conditioned yeah. now to play 44 That's minutes. Fair. Yeah. I mean, they're one, two, this isn't a shock. They're one, two in, in minutes per game, 43, a game for, De- for Kevin Durant and 42 and a half for Devin Booker. Everybody else, um, three through seven have all been eliminated. In that, and then it's Jamal Murray at, at 39 and that tells a game. you a lot. Yeah, it tells you a lot. It means like over reliance on your stars is not actually that great of a thing once you get to the playoffs. Like you, you need, you need your stars to perform. Yeah, but of the of the top 15 in minutes per game, four of them are still playing. It's KD Booker one two. Jamal Murray is eighth. Um, oh, I'm sorry, five are still playing. Tatum is ninth, and Jalen Brunson is 14th. Everybody else has been eliminated. Like that's just, just it's it's nuts, man. Like it, well, it, it makes sense. I tells me Steph Curry ought to play some more, but you know, well, other Steph, than yeah, that, just, yeah, you yeah. know, Steph just waiting for someone else to save him. This classic I, Steph. I just don't understand why the Nuggets aren't making them play two on five. Like I just don't, or three on five. Just double the shit out of the two of those guys. Yeah, and 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 make the other guys try Look, to man, beat you. If Landry Shaman beats you, Landry Shaman beats you. It, like oh, you could live with that. Like I'm gonna look at Mike Malone and go like, yeah, I'm shocked too. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) doubling off, doubling off. Katie is dumb. Just like looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. 
And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Dealer. Hey guys, in game four, doubling off of James Harden at the end of that game was dumb. Jalen Brown made a mistake. At least he made like he admitted the, the mistake. He's like, yeah, just mistake by me. Shouldn't have done it. I, I took a risk. Didn't work. Um, this, the Celtics could not have played worse down the stretch in that. And it's kind of, we saw some of this during the season, especially as the season went on, we saw some of this kind of return to form where they struggled in the games to in executing stuff. We saw it a lot last season, even as they had turned things around. It is a problem for the Celtics at the end of games. Um, Dave, I think it's interesting. So James Harden was atrocious in game three, right? And even and game two. Couple, yeah, in game two. But uh, game three, like, he's at the 10 and passing up shots for – for kickouts to, you know, to the three-point line and everything. And he's kind of short-circuiting. And after the game, he was asked about it, and he's like, I, I, I have a pretty good history of making decisions with the ball. Like, I, you know, I know what I'm doing. And I'm thinking, yeah, not in the playoffs, though. Playoffs <laughs> is a little bit different. Like, you kind of do short out a little bit in the playoffs. And then he comes back and drops, what do you have, 42 yesterday? Yeah. 42, 42 hits, another game-winning three. Winner. Like, he was, he was incredible. And I don't think you can expect this out of him but i think if you're the sixers which is it's weird to say this about the sixers dave but i think if you're the sixers if you can just get it to be a close game against the celtics that might be your chance like one of you is one of you is gonna fuck up right like just like that's what and you just have to hope they have the last fuck up right i think you if you can just try to limit your mistakes the celtics will eventually run into their own mistakes it's either that or they're gonna shoot the lights out from the jump they're a very good front-running team. So mm-hmm. if they can get out to a big lead in the first quarter, if they're, the shots are going in, if they see yeah. the ball goes through the net, it's going to be a long night for you. But like you said, if you can mix it up a little bit, and I feel like the Sixers in the series have gotten their best stuff from Harden kind of doing the Harden thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and making kinda, decisions. It kind of feels weird to be like, hey, Sixers, don't worry. The other team will fuck it up. Like it's kind of <laughs> like it feels. Well, if they don't, <laughs> the coach will. If they don't make mistakes on the court, the coach this, is probably going to. This is my favorite coaching matchup. When it's, it's so, it's very much not mine. <laughs> it's very a frustrating it's, thing. Both these it's guys just, are just unbelievable right is, now. Uh, did Joe Mazzula make any comments about his adjustments after this uh, this press conference? I don't know. Or, I, didn't, I, didn't, I I've stopped checking to see what funny little quips he thinks he has. and all. I cannot stand his quotes. No, they're I, terrible. Just, they're they're terrible. I wish I can't stand Jay King to. <laughs> to tweet them out all the time and Celtics fans eating them up. And I was like, come on guys, these quotes suck. Can, can, can I just ask this question? How does the ball always find Marcus smart at the end of games? Because they're like, Hey, Landry Shamit will beat us or won't beat us. Like this <laughs> is what it, it is. It's like, but, but it's it happened like, but, twice. It happened no, no. twice in that game. It was end yeah, of regulation. It was basically the same play. Yeah. Just the other side. Yeah. But no, no. But what was funnier was, it was kind of not the same play because Tatum still drove along that way and had to pass it back to Smart. The pass was to Brogdon needed to move over. The pass was to Brogdon at the above the break three. But it's just like constantly. And then at the end of overtime, you're down one after giving up a stupid three. Fine. Don't call the timeout. I'm okay with that. That makes sure, you know, whatever. Don't let the Sixers put their best defensive lineup on the floor. Cool. Yo, you're down one. You can't just walk up the ball, get the half court, get organized, make sure all the pieces are in the right spot, and then start getting into your action with five seconds left. Like I, I, I that was, was the just... thing because I, I think I, I think Tatum initiated it at six, right? That's when he started going, and I like the whole. I'm like, is this clock right? Like what? Like, is this, what's going on? I, and so then I was just thinking, oh, okay, he's gonna do the step back three thing. Like I just I, assumed that I figured was he was was ISO. That was, I figured yeah. he was going for an ISO. Yeah. Yeah. And then he I called for the he... screen at like six and a half. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? 
I was like, does he know the game is on the line? Does he know it's not tied right now? Like, is this oh, maybe it's a J.R. Like, Smith moment. Yeah, right? maybe. Like, I don't are, know. We, are we aware time he might, score he might not have known. Yeah, he might not have it known. Was, it was just wild. And the fact that Smart made that just a tenth of a second late, it just makes you even like. It, it actually makes it perfect. It makes it a perfect <laughs> final play for the Celtics. It's just, uh, just do the Celtics have a playbook? No. Can they? I mean, down the stretch, if they run five plays, just five like bread and butter plays, they yeah. win this game in regulation. <laughs> oh, and then I mean, we can't forget Jalen Brown. I got to demand the ball, but Jalen did. To his credit, he did catch himself after he's like, "I guess I got to demand the ball." Bar. I thought it was you know we were doing good things when the ball was in my hands, and he's like, "But." You know, our offense was okay, and you know we're we're doing all right. Like, <laughs> like, he got oh, very Jaylen, political really fast. The alarms yeah. went off in his <laughs> he, head. He, of he saw back up, back he up. saw the aggregators drooling, yeah. and he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta clean this up." But that's not I, what's gonna be shared. I wonder if the writers, like as he said it, were like, "Yes, oh <laughs> yes, yeah, and then, yeah." And then, yeah. And then, and then he yeah. was like, "Oh wait a minute." <laughs> He's yeah. like, well, because he saw, clearly didn't mean it in a negative way yeah, when he was he saying He saw Rich it, right? Hoffman. <laughs> he, Rich Hoffman's eyes went wide. He's like, oh, shit. The Sixers guys are into this. Oh, man. Well, they uh, love that drama, don't they? Oh, my God. Love that drama. Uh, Dave, do you think that the Sixers have a shot in this? Like a well, legitimate like shot in this series? I, I think the biggest issue is Embiid, and it's on the defensive end. Um, mm-hmm. He's not moving well. I don't. Yeah, think he's, he's clearly limited. Yeah, I don't think he's doing a good job protecting the basket. Um, honestly, and I, I think Boston's making a huge mistake not attacking more. But I think also Rob Williams in 100, percent and that's mm. part of the reason why they can't put that extra pressure, you know, with him as a rim runner. But I felt like the Sixers had a had a good shot, and, and we talked about this about a month ago. I felt like the Sixers had a good shot against Boston because of Embiid. Mm-hmm. If Embiid can just be more forceful. Uh, obviously he's scoring points, but I mean, on the defensive end, they yeah. can win this series, man. I mean, they've got at, at, at any, any given night, they have one of, or maybe the top two best players in the series. If Embiid can, yeah, be when, when Harden's going Harden, like that, when Harden's yeah. going like that. Yeah. And so, you know, that gives you a shot. I, I think they could win it in six, to be honest with you. If Embiid could just Give them something more on the defensive end. I, I also could see Harden go five for 28. Over oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was like, I, I was, was going like, to they got to get it to seven so that yeah. James Harden can have a good game. You know, right. you know what's going to be uh, what I fear is going to be annoying, Mo, uh, is is people are going to look at Embiid's block numbers and then listen to what Dave said and be like, what are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, his, like he's guessing correctly like three or four times a game, but yeah. his overall rim protection is slow as hell because well, he can't move. Like he just right. like he can't move right now. He's hampered by an injury that he probably wouldn't be playing if this wasn't the playoffs, right? He'd yeah. be out for quite a while. Yeah. But don't worry, Zach. He had zero blocks in, in game four. Yeah, so right. like, okay, we there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave's covered in that. Dave's covered in that. They can, they, can, they can bitch all they want about the block numbers. There aren't any. Yeah, um, they won. So you guys, I wish you guys would watch the games, you casual <laughs> clowns. But I think the the depending on James Harden being consistent, he hasn't That's even been toughie. consistent. He hasn't That's even been a- consistent in these playoffs and so it's just kind of like the last two games he hasn't been consistent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, i mean this series is really what yeah. i meant like right game one unbelievable game two and eh. game three garbage game yeah. four unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. are we following the trend here like are we going to get so an eh kind if of game? they can force a game seven with him monster like, hard he, he's game. gonna be the, the best game seven he's ever had they gotta the send him to vegas game. today Oh, but he's got to go to Vegas. <laughs> but then you have the history of him in Game Seven, and now you have to start well, playing. Yeah. What do and we you have, have the, with all the history of the Sixers too, and Doc Rivers, and yeah. But at least, at least the, I mean, the Sixers were smart. They haven't gone up three one in the series. That's true. You know, that's tr- that's strategy, strategy, strategy. smart, yeah. Doc smart planning. But the but the thing too, though, when it looks at look at it for Boston, Boston played terrible for three and a half quarters. Yeah, man, and, and, then, ha- and, and a tenth of a second away from winning that. Yeah, like you know, not even that, like had a five-point lead with two and a half minutes left or, or or two minutes left. Like, I think, honestly, like, you're this was a game you could have stole if you were Boston and yeah. having played your worst. So I'm not sure I can really – I'm not sure I'm really comfortable saying the Sixers are are have a, have a legitimate chance in that stuff when I look at all those things. And at the same time, then I look at the coaching. The Celtics have played well, but they have an execution problem. You know, yeah. they, they are yeah, not. That's a good way of putting it. And they get into stuff so late down the stretch of games that they really, 
just by not pushing the pace and giving themselves more opportunities, more bites at the apple, they are the better team, I think, like yeah. from a talent standpoint. Absolutely, yeah. And so by slowing down, they're actually playing to the Sixers' hand because the Sixers aren't slowing down. The Sixers are crossing no, half pushing, court yeah. as fast as they can. They're trying to get into stuff. They're trying to catch Embiid at the nail and, and get him going. And I just think that if you're Boston, you have you have more talent overall. If you just sped it up a little bit, give yourself more opportunities. And, and then again, you know, the Rob Williams thing is just weird because it, he just doesn't look – I don't think he looks 90% of himself. Like he's just mm-hmm. not no, – you don't not, feel him yeah. in these games. And, and yeah. that's a big departure from what we saw from them last year. But they should win. They Which, the, the Celtics should win. Which is unfortunate, too, because I think you can see, not just defensively like you were talking about, Dave, but you can see at the end of game four, Embiid doesn't seem to feel comfortable or want the ball in those clutch, which is weird for a dude who's been so clutch. Yeah. On his own, like crossing the lane. He was like, it's like his foot was dragging with that heavy brace. Yeah. Um, You could see his balance wasn't right by the end of game. And I don't know if that was fatigue or whatever, but to your point. Yeah, but like that's the thing. It's like it's weird for a guy who's been so clutch and who was so clutch this year. All of a sudden, like he didn't seem to demand the ball in these moments. And I don't think that's a oh well, James has it gone. I think he just doesn't feel right. He doesn't feel like he can move and get to his spots. There were plays where he was deferring to Tobias Harris at yeah. you know towards the end of the game, and it's like that's that's a telltale sign. We could say James Harden was going and all of that stuff. That had nothing to do with it. He was deferring to the other guys. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of the stuff I would be concerned about in, in that sense for the Sixers going forward in the series is can you get Embiid going again? And, and you're right. I mean, some of it's just shitty luck with the injuries. And what can he do and how, how limited is he in his movement and things like that? Dave, part of his balance issues is that's a heavy ass brace. Yeah, yeah like wearing a, it's like it's like, it's like wearing an ankle weight. So now yeah. it's trying to figure out how to how to move with that and trying to figure that out during a playoff series. You're kind of just up shit's creek. It looks like one of those braces that you would have in the eighties. Like it's, it's a it's Stone a Cold Steve Austin brace. knee oh, brace. This is, is what this it is. is this is this is actually I, I this is a Tim Duncan's brace. Yeah. From yeah. What, what, when I would see with the Spurs and that thing was it looked like a robotic leg. That's why he wore the sleeve. Yeah. I used to just be like, you have to wear the sleeve because it's almost like protection for the other players because you can scratch or cut dudes with it or something. Yeah. And I was just like looking at it going like, damn, that shit's bulky as hell. Bulky so yeah, hell. it's like it's like another yeah. like three or four pounds and on your leg and the movements and try to yeah. you know whatever euro step or something off of it. It's gonna yeah, throw you, you off. Yeah, a little. you can't really do that. Yeah. Um, okay. We have uh, the Warriors. I don't know what to make of these dudes. I mean, the thing that if you take, if you want to be positive about the Warriors, that Corgi who knocks basketballs in from the top of the stairs did have the Warriors in seven after the Lakers go up three one in the series, and the Corgi is three and zero on the first three games. It was Lakers win, Warriors win, Lakers win. The Lakers win the next one from this Corgi, and then the Warriors win three straight. So. If you're a Warriors fan, I think like I don't know this Corgi's track record historically. I know he's fucking nailing this series, so I I think you could look at like yeah, Anthony Davis adjustments. He's been the best defensive player in the league during this series, and yeah, I mean yeah, D- you know LeBron has been great, but D'Lo got hot early in game one or game three and kind of you know set the tone, and you know Steph played all right, but Clay hadn't played that well. Like you can talk yourself in all these things, but you have to hold on to like this Corgi. This Corgi knows what he's talking about. That, that Corgi knows this is, balls. This yeah. is why you come to the athletic, folks. This is why you come to the athletic. Uh, you, I we will have analyze, the inside Corgi info. I will analyze the content of somebody else in, in, <laughs> in determining what's going to happen in this series. You know, all right, so. And by somebody like else, me. I mean a dog. I mean, think about think about the, the story of this season, right? It, this has mm. been like almost like a revenge season in a lot of ways for a lot of guys. I mean, including LeBron, right? Yeah. So a 3-1 comeback. For Steph Curry against the Lakers, yeah. uh, that would that would rhyme pretty well. We haven't gotten there yet, but like I'm thinking about Jimmy Butler and the Philadelphia 76ers eventually mm-hmm. maybe meeting in the conference finals, right? Yep. If the Warriors come back from three one, and then they have to play KD maybe in the next round. You, mm-hmm. I see this. I see what mm-hmm. the script writers have been working There's on. There's a here. lot of good material here in this writers' room. There's yeah. a lot there. Um, but the Warriors suck on the road. That's is that thing, all it man. is? Like, we, I think I think a lot of people hope that they'd exercise the demons by winning five and seven in Sacramento. Um, 
it's just not that easy. Again, there's no there's no switch to be flipped. I think they can correct it because we know, like, we've seen them play great basketball. They just won a title. Basketball in, <laughs> yeah, they just won a title. They played in the series. They played it last series at times. They just, man, they they struggle to. I mean, we talked about James Harden struggling game to game right now. Like they, the Warriors, Mo, are just. There's no consistency there, at all. I mean, I think the big great adjustment in game two was Jermichael Green, and lo and behold, he can't keep that up in game three. I think like that's yeah. the, the 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 shocking thing, and it goes back to just no consistency and things like that. I honestly, I kind of think the Warriors are in trouble because they have no rim protection. And then I think mm-hmm. it becomes a situation where like every you can see it every time they drive, they're looking for where AD is because he's been blocking shots at an unbelievable rate and has been a force at the rim defensively. And I think that's one of those things. And then but then we look at Kate uh, AD again and go, all right, he had a great game three going to be shit in game four. Like that's yeah. been his entire playoffs has been that yo-yo. So it's like this series is the lack of consistency and whoever can find that shit is going to be important, you know, and I think. You know, LeBron was able to chill most of that game three because D'Angelo Russell got going. He's not been very good. LeBron has not been very good. Like, But, like, do you feel comfortable saying, okay, let's count on D'Angelo Russell again? Like, he's been good, but, like, consistently it's like there's some games where he's going to hit a couple of threes, and there's some games he's going to shoot you out of them, and it's it's frustrating. Like, this whole playoffs, I fucking don't know anymore. Like, I'm confused. Like this, I'll just be honest. Like, I, I everybody's like, oh, what do you think? I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, you need a whole basketball team now. And this is what the yeah. where the Lakers have a little bit of an advantage. I think they've got a, like a normal basketball team. They have a when, real rotation. Yeah. yeah. And when Anthony Davis is the best player on the court, they look amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just, can he do that every single game? And so far, the answer has been no. But defensively, he's done it. That's yeah. the, that's the thing. It's not been the offensive end. Like he can be passive on the offensive end, but I think the entire playoffs run for him defensively has been pretty special. And uh, the Warriors not being able to get into the paint on those back cuts and, and get some of those easy buckets that get them in a rhythm that that has been detrimental to their offense. So you know we can talk about their road woes. We can talk about their lack of depth and lack of talent overall, like outside of you know th- their starters. Yeah. Um, but the truth is, Anthony Davis's uh, defense has had a monumental effect on the series so far. So, you know, the Warriors yeah. in the last game, they only outscored in the paint by two points. That's a good sign for them. Yeah. And that was the key in game two when they won. They obviously outshot the Lakers from three, but it was the paint. They, I think they actually won the paint points in game two. And it was like 48-42 yeah. or something like that, which is different from the 54-28 in, in game one. It's just... I think the Lakers made the same number of threes in game three as the Warriors. And that's not a recipe. I mean, everyone's going to talk free throw disparity. and I'm so sick of here's a PSA. Um, There is no fucking reason in the world why free throws need to be the same for both teams. They just isn't like one team goes inside. The other team takes a lot of jumpers. The team that goes inside probably going to take a lot more free throws. They played totally different styles of basketball. Yeah. It's just LeBron and AD go to the free throw line a whole lot more. I'm so (laughs) fucking sick of here. Well, the free throw. The Warriors Warriors foul. Go inside. Yeah. It's a ton bad because they're They're small. Well, they're small. Yeah. And that's the thing. This is what this is what the trade off that you're making. And so you're hoping you're fouling bad free throw shooters. Uh, right. Unfortunately, AD is like an 80-something percent. Yeah, he's really good at it. Foul LeBron <laughs> instead, nerds. Yeah. More importantly, <laughs> more importantly, if you officiate the game properly every night, Draymond Green fouls out in the first half. Like, he's very physical. He's a very <laughs> physical defender. Yeah, like, that's like, let's, let's be honest. Free throw should probably be even more in the Lakers' favor. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, game, game two, like Draymond... Got to do what Draymond does, right? That's right. why he helps shut down AD, and then AD adjusted, and they got to the free throw line. It's, so I mean, like, it I happens. think it's the, the free throw disparity. Everybody does it every game. All the crying bullshit and all that stuff, and the refs or whatnot. It's not why you're losing the game. You're losing the game because you guys are turning the rock over. Your defense isn't good enough to make up for the fact that you're turning the ball over at the rate that you you do. And I think again, your dog shit on the road, and but, I think that's kind of the problem. And then they win game four tonight. Watch. No, no, no. They're going to lose game. The Corgi oh. said they lose game four and then they win five, six, seven. So uh, trust. I If you're the Lakers, like, good luck. You have a great chance of winning the series. But, you know, the Corgi said you're out in seven. I don't know. I, I think I think uh, I want one thing I want to point out. Kevon Looney. OK, plays 16 minutes in, in this game that they lose by 30 plus mm-hmm. one. Kevon Looney continues to show 
that he is a winning player and that if he's on the court during competitive basketball, you have a better shot at winning. Mm. The Warriors tend to, I think, handcuff themselves a little bit by not having him and his consistency on the court. When you have a high floor player, and I, that floor might be the highest uh, amongst guys like, you know, the top seven centers. He, he yeah. His floor is so consistent. Yeah. As your it's baseline, just his ceiling is right above the floor, that's right? It. But, it, but the floor is super <laughs> but the floor high. Is the floor super is super high. high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's so consistent. I mean, the guy doesn't even he commits offensive fouls, uh, maybe yeah. twice as much as as defensive fouls, and that's the kind of guy you need out there for those AD I, minutes. I think. I think the adjustment in game two was good, but thinking that that was going to carry over with Jamichael right. Green, like this wasn't. Her discovering small ball in 2013, 2014. Yeah. Like it just, like it wasn't that. Like the argument for spacing, I'm like, you guys d- didn't have this spacing last year and you won the championship. The now, other, the, you got to well, get AD out of the paint. So I'm with them no, on that. I, I, good yeah. luck. It's not, right. how, I, it, it's you know, not, you, it's not you know how you get AD out of much. the paint? Run fucking dribble handoffs with, with his, the guy that he's guarding all Green the time. Yeah. Like yeah. that's really the that's the big adjustment that they made in game two that they didn't do in game three right. again. It's the pick and roll with Steph Curry. Like that's just the thing. Like the Lakers cannot defend that. They could sag and 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 muck up the paint and all of those things with the motion action when Curry's working off ball. They're doing a great job. Top, the Lakers are doing a great job top locking and forcing the action inside the three point line. You can't do that when it's a pick and roll and Curry's yeah. bringing the ball up the court. That's what they need to be doing. And if honestly, they need to be running 50 of those a game. I don't know how many that would plan out in possessions or whatnot, <laughs> but like you need to just be running that constantly. And that's how you get AD out of the paint. Draymond setting the screen there, Looney setting the screen, double drags, whatever. Doing that stuff will open up the opportunity in the uh, floor for everybody. Well, pulling him out and getting him into action on the perimeter, you also you open him up to foul trouble. Yeah. which he doesn't foul much. Like, you've got to try to get him involved. Number one, you're going to fatigue him, and that'll affect him on the other end. Yeah. But you got to so try to get this He's so comfortable defensively. He's, he's a, so He's amazing right now. Right now. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, you know, this is another instance where not a huge amount of travel for Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what we're seeing. Like, remember the bubble and how great he was, right? His body was probably the best it's been. Um, this is a short travel series. He seems to be getting a lot of rest. So defensively, man, he's just been so good to watch. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know, man. I, I think he might have a good game four. It's he just, will. They're going to win game four. The Corgi said they're going to win game four. The Corgi said they're going to win game four. doesn't mean AD's going to have a good game. We've, that's we, true. Yeah, I'm going just based on yeah, the track I, yeah. record. Um, I The one final thing. I do the one bit of consistency for the Warriors in this series, which I think we need to commend, is Jordan Poole fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like Dude, he, Jesus, what a I, terrible deal so far. He can he can justify it someday. He can get there by the end of like year five, year four, year five. Like my God, he's been terrible in the clutch, just to do goofy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, why are you? This is now. I, to be fair, this is kind of a Warriors thing. I mean, Steph Curry in a game seven flips behind the bow, back Curry. pass out of out of bounds. Right, you're right. Agreed. But you're not Steph Curry. But Quit this pretend, is a, like the, Steph Curry ruined kids basketball and Jordan Poole basketball. Like that's a, what he did. It's a philosophical thing with the Warriors where you can't limit players, right? Because then you, right. you miss out on the the artistry. But someone, <laughs> Unless it's Jonathan Kaminga, then you Jordan try to limit Poole, him with everything he does. <laughs> you've got to learn to color with your crayons within the lines before yeah. you can go do abstract art. And Jordan Poole is just like all over the place. No, Jordan Poole doesn't it's, even try to color with like outside. He just pees on the coloring book. Like that's yeah, all he does. Right, like right. just like this one's yellow today. Like that's just all it is. Yellow every day when he pees. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the. <laughs> um. All right. One you know more those, series to get. <laughs> you know those sticky things that you would throw at the wall and they would walk down the wall. Oh yeah, yeah. Jordan yeah. Poole plays basketball like that. It's just it's he everywhere. Does. You don't. I mean, yeah, it just. I don't bad. get it. I don't get it. Um, all right, one more series to get to. I just shocked why people think when Jimmy Butler's on the floor that the Knicks have a shot. I got, I just, I got two I words. Don't... I got two words for you, Zach. Hmm. I cannot believe we've gotten to this point. Heat culture. I've been telling you guys for fucking years on this podcast. And there are other cultures that can rival heat culture. It's not like no one can beat heat culture. Knicks culture is not one that tends to come through. <laughs> Julius no. Randle culture is not one that tends to come through. Again, like, man, like, I get it. Game two was great, but 
Was I, it? They almost lost game two. I meant, individual, they, I meant individually for him. Okay, like, okay, okay, sorry. No, 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 no. So I, <laughs> they invented the bad playoff win. That was game two. Was the Knicks invented the bad playoff win there? Because look, I, there, there is a pathway to them competing better in this series and winning in this series. Um, it's got to be Jalen Brunson in the middle of the floor. They cannot waste possessions with Julius Randle. They cannot, like, everything that Randle gets or R.J. Barrett gets has to be off of what what Jalen Brunson has created. Yeah, not um, going to happen. That's I know. Just, I mean, that's not their offense. But, that's like, the that's, the, that's the only path for you have, like, Gabe Vincent is a, is a pest defensively, but Jalen Brunson is better than him. Jalen Brunson can get him, right? Kyle Lowry is slow as fuck. Like, veteran, but slow as fuck at this point. Like, they don't really, unless they put Jimmy on Jalen Brunson, I don't really think there's anything that anybody on Miami can do with him, but they just keep like, all right, let's spread this thing around. I'm like, guys, it's the playoffs. Like, what are you doing? This isn't, this isn't the Cavs. Like you can't do the same shit. I have a question. Hmm. Where did Bam finish in the defensive player of the year voting? Fourth or fifth i think okay it's and somewhere it's, three to five yeah okay so it's smart for julius randall to try to iso him like what it, like this is the dumb stuff that we're getting from the yeah. knicks in that sense and this rj is, barrett what? attacking jimmy butler yeah <laughs> no my ultimate favorite is the rj barrett julius randall pick and roll let's put the heat's best two defenders in the action like what are we doing the only I, time they try to well, they, they don't well, attack jimmy butler is when he has a hurt ankle what well, are they, doing? well they tried they tried that when they went to that that pick and roll game, I thought I haven't been paying attention. One of them got hurt again. <laughs> like that's what I th- I was like. And then I'm like I was scrolling Twitter, like l- looking up injury, like Jimmy Butler injury, and all I'm getting is shit from game one. Like yeah, just, I'm like, just why are you attacking these two? But it goes back to this is the thing. The Knicks had a great offensive regular season. Mm-hmm. But I think we all kind of, and they were good offensively against the Cavs. I think we all kind of knew though, the offense is limited. It's not a playoff offense, you know. And I think that's one of those things you're watching where the isolation heavy stuff tends to hurt you. You can go to it for times, but you can't live in that right. that area for 45 minutes of a playoff game. And that's but it, their problem. But it can be. It can be a playoff. But it's got to go through Jalen Brunson, like oh, yeah. every time down the floor. I don't give a well, shit if he's tired. Like it has to go through him. And this is an Obi Toppin series, I think, for the Knicks, um, you know, where having him on the floor to space out allows Brunson more room to operate. I mean, yeah. you know, when Brunson gets to the nail, like when he gets to the nail Dude, on offense, you can do. good stuff happens. And yeah. he's just not getting those opportunities. I also worry about his ankle. You know, like maybe he's yeah. having a hard time getting to spots. But yeah. but this, this offense all season long has been uh, the result of some ridiculous shot making. Just tough shots and I think Brunson's shot making will translate to playoff basketball and has translated to playoff basketball yeah Julius Randles hasn't it's just and and the ankle injury could be part of this I don't know um but he stalls out possessions dribbling for 14 seconds and then tossing a, a freaking hand grenade to these guys yeah that's the thing when when their offense is going that shit's moving that it's flowing it's like you know, middle of the floor, kick it out, swing it around, get someone, you know, cut it. Like it, it moves so beautifully when it's going. We, I mean, we saw that a little bit in game two. I guess we saw that the start of, start of game one where they, they dominated the paint in the first quarter. Like, you know, that, like that was great. And then all of a sudden it was just the heat adjusted at halftime and, and well, Tim said nothing. Like Tim well, just had nothing for him. That's the other thing. It's uh, when you again you look at the coaching battle, and Spo is just unbelievable in this sense. Like he's, he, it's like all right, cool, no problem. You're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Like whatever. The yeah. adjustment at the game one at halftime, cool. What if we take the pain away? And the Knicks have shot terribly from three this entire yeah. series in that sense, and they're just daring him to beat them from the outside, and nothing the Knicks have done since then to really counter has really made a difference. And I just feel like when you're 
looking at the battle between the two coaches, like I'm going Spo all the time. Shit, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm going Spo's the best coach right now left in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Like I'm he's the best coach in the league. Like he's, yeah, I mean, it's no question. <laughs> but it's like, but it's yeah. but it's so miles above everybody else in the Eastern Conference. It's yeah. just like fuck, man. Like they're the Knicks are at such a disadvantage just on that aspect of it. And I'm not trying to shit on Tibbs as a coach, although I do it regularly. I just think the the idea of just the way Spo kind of manipulates things. Oh, you got these guys on the court. This is what we're going to do. And the Knicks just don't do that. They don't attack the right guys. They watch. They're getting beat by Cody Zeller, Zach. When Bams goes to the bench and Cody Zeller is having moments in a playoff series, you got a problem. Yeah, that's tough. It's not even like. forgot he was even in the league, to be honest with you, until the playoffs. I I forget every time until he checks into the game. Yep. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. Cody's always like, who's this accountant out here? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's who's this fucker wearing a mask? Like, right. what? Like, what's like... this? <laughs> you know, man, it's just the. He, do you guys on, do the Knicks have a shot to take this to seven? You think? Yes, I okay. I do think like, but again, it's got to it's got to be all Jalen Brunson. Yeah, like it's got to it has to go through him and and you know he took twenty shots in the last game, but. It's, but yeah, but it's, he's not initiating enough. Yeah, it's not initiating enough, and like it's the more that he and Josh Harder involve, the better it is. There's those are just two smart players, smart players that know how to take advantage. And like, I feel bad for Josh. Like they're telling Josh Hart, like you got to go guard Jimmy Butler, and it's just like there's only so much he can do, right? Like he's, I think he's defending Jimmy really well, but there's a certain point where it's you Can't defend him Jimmy. well, he's still you know, four inches taller than you. Yeah. There's not shit you can do. And I think the other thing too, is they really need Emmanuel quickly to actually show up for a playoff game. I don't know if he knows. He's had a couple of spurts, but that's it. Like, but I mean, that's, that's a big part of them. Their offense as well in the regular season that they're not getting at all in this, in this series is just the, the little spurts or whatever. Aren't enough. Like they get, he gets some tempo. Yeah. He gets some up court, gets some going a little speed and athleticism. And he's got nothing really this whole playoffs. I'll just say what we're all thinking. We can end on this. The Knicks really miss Alec Burks. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition <laughs> of the athletic NBA show podcast, basket buds edition. Play uh, make, sure, make sure. Sorry, I'm channeling Jay King yeah. here. Jay King should Google 48 before they play 48. <laughs> um, we will uh, direct you towards the YouTube channel if you want to watch us talk. It's a great time. Oh, my God. we got backgrounds. we got no backgrounds. we got blurred screens. You're not going to want to miss that. I'm getting up to corral my dog at times. Like, it's a fantastic <laughs> show. Uh, make sure you subscribe to The Bounce, theathletic.com slash The Bounce uh, for a free email newsletter in your inbox every Monday through Friday around 10 Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Uh, for Dave DeFore from Odak Hill, I'm Zach Harper. You want to keep it locked on The Athletic for that corgi coverage. baseball fans this is Derek Van Riper now that spring training games are underway opening day is just a few weeks away Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on rates and barrels whether you're a seasoned fantasy player a baseball stats junkie or just someone who wants to learn more about the game join us for four episodes each week this season including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.